Welcome everyone to a new episode of Unscripted, Uncut and Unprepared. Uh, it's a special episode because uh, once again we've got our second guest. Um, we missed last week, we apologize, but um, we were planning on having this episode this week. last week. We couldn't make it. And uh, let's start talking about the details of this episode. So uh, today we're going to do a deep dive. I mean, as deep as it gets when you're interested in consumer topics. Deep dive on um, crypto and blockchain. Uh, personally, I know almost nothing. Pung knows slightly more than me because he minted one or two NFTs already. <laughs> and true, uh, for the occasion, we invited Chino, uh, a friend of ours, um, working on an interesting crypto project. And we hope, Chino, you'll be able to enlighten us with your knowledge. Hey, guys. Yeah. So thanks for, for inviting me here. And sorry for last week. It's I can tell the truth. It's my fault because I got COVID. And uh I had to postpone the last minute, but uh, yeah. It's not your uh, fault, man. It's COVID that's life. fault. That's life. Uh, but now I'm getting, I'm still positive, but uh, feel better. So I, I can talk now. So thanks for, for inviting me, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is Chino. And maybe I can give a very short intro about myself. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm originally I'm, I'm from Italy. Um, I'm currently, let's say, a digital nomad. So I'm moving around, so I'm not, not really sure where I am now, but uh, probably I will move soon uh, somewhere somewhere else. Um, yeah, I've been like uh, studying and living in Italy for a long time. Then I moved a bit around from university and, and working. Uh, I actually come from the same city of, uh, of uh, Mathieu. So that's why we, we know each other pretty well. We also studied together a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, so... I'm an engineer, so a technical background, but as many of my friends like, was confused of what, what to do. So I moved after a while to another sector. So moving from engineering to finance for a while. And then again, I decided to move one more time uh, from finance to more kind of uh, crypto finance, still finance, but like like intersection between in, like very hard engineering and, and finance. So that's where I'm currently. Um, yeah, so that's very short about myself, guys. Uh, I don't know if you want me to go deeper on what I do, or we can just move forward. I guess. Uh, I guess that's that's a perfect intro. I would say. Uh, I hope you didn't give away too many of your details because uh, crypto is about anonymity, and uh, I know how much you care about. <laughs> it was it. very general. Um, yeah, I mean, for today we had actually a set of questions, which is kindly going against our. Yeah, but because yeah. um, you you guys are unprepared, right? So you you shouldn't say that. We are unprepared. Yes, we are unprepared. Yeah. This okay. Um so I yeah, so the we have a couple of things we would like to know more about crypto in general. Um I guess that to begin with, from my perspective, it would be super interesting to learn about how you normally start a crypto project with uh, your partners or your friends and what kind of what are the steps that you need to go through for setting up uh, yes. your, uh, the your whole project. thing. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so maybe I can take my experience as a reference, uh, giving some, let's say, general 
guide, guidelines how to, to start and how to to get to launch products in the crypto space. Um, but so in my experience, so I'm a founder of Miser. Miser is a, say, a trading platform for cryptos, um, which is going to launch uh, its token and product very soon. We are talking about a couple of weeks. Um, how we started? Um, it's actually a long story. I started two years ago, something like that. Mostly in free time, uh, nights and weekends with a very close friend of mine. Um, we started just to look into cryptos, like to get interested in that, see other projects, start to buy and sell cryptos, just yeah, you know, to, to have fun. Um, and there we started to get in touch with other other people, like investors or like traders who were doing basically the same. Trader doesn't mean you trade a lot. Trader means just you buy and sell sometimes uh, crypto. You can define yourself as a trader already, um, and we started to use some uh, some platforms, some programs to help us, like uh, just checking prices, volumes, or like uh, make life easier. And that's where we started, in the end, to let's say think, okay, how can we get in this kind of business, like in this uh, trading platform, or things like that, right? And um, I'm not like a very, really professional coder, but my friend was uh, very good in uh, machine learning and data science. And that's where we started our own, let's say, uh, free time project, like just to start to develop some uh, algo trading system where we could just fetch data from the website, uh, do some uh, average, moving average uh, calculations, and then based on this uh, signal, buy or sell uh, on one exchange, for example. Um, that's where we started. Um, and then, you know, things get further and bigger. We started to talk to other friends. Uh, occasionally, there was a colleague of, of, this of this friend of mine who was really interested, and we just started to work together on that, just without any idea of launching a startup or anything. It's just uh, free time. Uh, we did that for a while, let's say for one year. Um, and, like, the, the idea was growing together with what we were doing. Uh, more defined, then you start to get to know people, for example, or like the market, the communities, the, the the users, and the needs. And there, where we started to say, okay, maybe it's uh, actually there is there might be a potential, right? So why don't we start to define this more uh, in the term of product instead of just a free time thing for us, right? And so that's where we started to talk to friends and get some feedbacks. Uh, we randomly met another guy uh, who is uh, working with us as a founder. And uh, we started the project, right? In more sense of funding a, a final startup. Um, so it took a while uh, because, you know, crypto is a very nice market with a lot of potentials, but uh, since it's very new, if you're not into that already, um, you might need a bit of time to to get to know how the system work and how fast that goes, etc. So in, in my experience, we were all like uh, crypto friendly, but not really into the business, let's say. So it took us a bit more to to get to know how this works. Um, and yeah, like and that's I think um, you know there are a lot of projects in crypto uh, with a lot of potentials. Uh, it's an industry which moves super fast. Uh, where the interest is growing very fast as well. And with that, uh, money flows are, are getting in, let's say. So 
big VCs are now joining banks, institutions, etc., etc., etc. They are all financing these projects because they see a good potential. So there is a very nice opportunity there. But on the other side, a lot of competition. Uh, it's very technical sometimes, depending on what you want to do. But as soon as you want to touch the, the blockchain and develop something on it, uh, it starts to get very difficult technically, and uh, you really have to first know how this language works, these protocols are set, etc. But also it's very difficult to find people with this know-how, right? So also still, we are now hiring um, Solidity developers, for example, mm. and it's incredibly difficult to find such kind of uh, people because, first of all, it's a very new thing. Uh, secondly, there is a lot of requests from each project. Um, so also like forming a team with the right technical know-how, uh, business know-how, financial, uh, marketing, it's, it's, it's very difficult because it's all new, but that's what is really fun, let's say, at least for, for myself, uh, because you always do something new and uh, like with very little people know, also like on the legal side, how to set up a company, etc. is really, everything is really difficult and new, but it's, uh, for this is really interesting. So, yeah, that's how uh, Miser is. And then, let's say this year, last year, like eight months ago, or something like that, we started to get a bit more serious, starting to um, having a product. So we are currently in a closed beta release uh, with a working product. We have, uh, let's say, two, 3,000 early adopters, which we talk regularly with them. So this is really nice because the community is really engaged. And people like to use this kind of products and also to follow them. Um, and we have like more than close to 50,000 uh, registration to the platform. So the demand is big and uh, people get crazy for this kind of stuff, let's say. And they are really following like uh, your project closely. So that's that's nice achievement. Mm. But yeah, it took a while and it's pretty, pretty complex to do that. We can go deeper that's in nice. some, some aspects if you want. That's nice. Congrats on that, first of all. Thanks. We still need yeah, to launch, so we just started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a, a great. I mean, you have like an early traction. That's something that most of the startups are, you know, struggling with, right? Yes. Yeah. If you have a right, the right product and idea to get traction in crypto, is uh, yeah. can work. But yeah, you need mm. to work hard to get to 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 match the market demand or the market yeah. hype in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I was still. I mean, um, I think I was part. I was a member of uh, initially. You had a Telegram group, mm -hmm. and um, I was still puzzled by the speed at which it went from hundred people to thirty thousand over the span of less than a week or so. So that's that was pretty nuts, in my opinion. Yes. So there are projects mm -hmm. like when they launch. They just, okay, they break completely the launch pad where they launch because there is too much people and demand. They break their own website. So it's like just full for one day. But mm -hmm. some project even break, broke uh, pro entire protocol. So entire blockchain got congested and they had to stop it. Like uh, if you have the right product, the right audience, community, marketing, mm -hmm. you can literally move thousands and thousands of people in a matter of seconds. And that's that's a nice thing of crypto because uh, there's a hard, like a huge community and they are literally following by close if they like the project 
Um, so it's really empowering and uh, also like from a satisfaction point of view, if you do something good, you see it uh, in the sense that people follow you and start to use it. Mm. Nice. So, Matteo, you want to say something? Um, yeah, I, I mean, yes. I mean, it was a super great intro on how you started. Uh, I think that I was wondering whether you could dis disclose or share a bit as well, like the process that you went through for uh, uh, defining how you wanted to set up the business, not really like in terms of um where you incorporated but uh, how was the process of uh, raising money i guess and uh, finding uh, contributors yes yeah so um in the crypto space you can let's say fund your own startup in two ways so one is the traditional way right so if you want to raise money you can simply fund your startup raise with vcs in equities right and then uh, whenever you start to make revenues or you get any valuation your investors have a stake in your company so that's the traditional way or the other way to raise money is to generate a token right so and then you start to go in the token fundraise uh, process uh, which is similar to the traditional one but with some uh, small important uh, differences Mm. Um, and also, yeah, we decided to go for the token for different reasons. Um, although it doesn't mean it's better or, or worse. It's just uh, depending on the projects you have, you're doing and uh, what you want to do with the token. So normally the token is used, has to be used in the platform as a utility token, right? That's why um, project with tokens have to integrate that into their product or the rest to be a usage and also a reason why uh, the token exists, right? Um, so first of all, <clears throat> we decided, okay, uh, why do we need the token and what do we want to do with that? It was the first mm -hmm. thing for us, bef even before starting to, to raise money. Um, and token is not all, always necessary, of course. So it's not just a way to raise money, it's a way to use it uh, with some benefits for your users. And so first thing where we had a lot of thoughts and uh, advice from uh, people or advisor, um, why do we need a token? What can we do with that? What is the potential? Um, and so the first thing we had to, to think about was that, uh, where we spent a lot of time uh, writing the white paper, uh, reviewing it, seeing that uh, like the business model and token, token metrics model makes sense and why people should even buy this token to use it at some point. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. a very important parameters to think when you start to launch a startup, which is based on token uh, fundraise. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a very difficult part. And if you, have don't, if you don't have enough experience, you just might end up in building something which is uh, either useless or very easy to say, okay, token, is, token not needed. That's something you, you hear a lot. In the crypto space, and that's where uh, we look started to look for advisors, which are very which are very important uh, when launching a startup in crypto. Advisors are normally uh, people who help projects to start their own business and go in this process. Um, 
and there are different kind of advisors. There are advisors who really help you, um, like they really grow with you and uh, follow you in each of your step. These are the best advisors that you can get, and we're we are really lucky mm -hmm. to get uh, some advisors like this, which had a lot. Otherwise, there are more typical advisors who just either connect you to other uh, advisors as well, or like to other VCs, or increase your own network. But they don't, they are not really operative, and they don't help you much on defining mm -hmm. what you need. So we got very lucky that we got very nice advisors, uh, really hands-on, which helped us to define uh, all the token metrics and token token economics. Um, and there, where everything starts, uh, when this is set, you have a, a pro so we already had a pro working product, but most of the projects don't have a working product yet when they launch, where they start mm. start to raise funds. They typically have a white paper. They have a nice landing page. Um, some of them have like something deployed on the test net that they can show uh, something is already working. And when you get to that point and you have nice uh, advisors, then um, start connections to the VC world start. Um, so it was a long trip for us. Uh, you start to talk to, to VCs, products, protocols, uh, exchanges, or whatsoever. Uh, started pitching your idea, pitch your idea. And uh, to be honest, the fundraise for us was pretty long, less more than six months. Uh, but that helped a lot to redefine the product uh, because we got all feedback from uh, really high-level experts in the crypto space who maybe before us already talked to thousands of other projects. So we gather all the, the, the information from them and uh, like uh, keep building, keep changing, keep reviewing. And this is really great for, for a product because you really get a finally a feedback, which is, let's say, the main, the main issue in crypto, as in all the industries, is then to create a product with a sense, with a sense being used by people. Uh, and to be honest, we didn't really start with a nice market fit. We had to pivot quite a lot before getting to something usable, let's say. And part of it is also related to um, investor who helped us with all the questions and all the remarks mm -hmm. or just saying, hey, there is already this product is doing more or less the same, why it's not working or why people don't like it much. Um, and you know, you start to rethink and uh, to redesign the whole thing, um, which is really time expensive. And then you might end up throwing a lot of things you have done in the past, which is in the end useless, right? But it's a very mm -hmm. nice uh, learning curve and uh, that can bring you really far if you get all the feedback, you listen to people, and then you, you iterate based on that. So, nice. yeah, so this, this is basically how we started to talk to VCs. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a question. So correct me if I'm wrong. So you said your first round, you raised through ICO, Kroken, is it correct? So we, we are, let's say, we still didn't launch. So ICO mm -hmm. is a way you can uh, raise and launch a token. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are now also different ways. Uh, you can do an IDO mm -hmm. or an IEO. Oh, okay. So there are many okay. different ways, but they're pretty similar to, like, very similar between each other. You just mm. get a pre-sale money from uh, investors. It can be VCs, mm. angel, angel investor, or whoever wants to invest. Mm. Uh, then you get 
to to fill up the your race and then you finally go to the to the public um, and that's where the, mm. that's the moment where you there, there is the TG is called so the token generation event that's the first time mm. where you deploy your your own token contract on the blockchain which can mm. be ethereum or whatever uh, and there where you start to swap dollars from the public when you do an IDO for example people go on a launchpad mm. IDO launchpad is called for example uh, exchange dollars for these tokens first so they buy like a ticket like I don't know 300 dollars uh, at this price I can buy this token on this launchpad mm. and then whenever you deploy the contract on the blockchain and you generate the token suddenly these people get in their own wallets tokens based mm. on the price they paid at at, at mm. launch right and as well okay. all the vcs and invest pre pre sale investor get their tokens mm. based on how much they invested on the price and the round at which they invested mm. and so normally <clears throat> these are called token metrics so mm. when you raise you need to present to the to the investors your own token metrics which are mainly defined on how many tokens uh, you're aiming to to launch uh, is this a fixed quantity or can it grow over time or decrease mm. over time? Mm-hmm. How many runs do you have? For example, mm. you can. Uh, in our case, we have three rounds: seed, private, and public round. Mm. Um, each round has a defined price, sell price, which this investor have to buy. Mm. Um, and yeah, so you define these token metrics. People can look at it. Um, you define how many of your to- of the total total tokens you are selling to the investors. Can be I don't know thirty percent of the to- total tokens are sold in between seed, private, and public. And then you have to define what do you do with the other tokens, like how much is for the team, how much is for your advisors, how much is for uh, your ecosystem reserves, liquidity provision, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And when all this is defined, all the money is in your pockets, let's say, you can launch it Mm. on the market. And from that moment on, people can start to buy and sell and swap it, right? So you start with a public Mm. price, you define a price, I don't know, one cent per token. Mm -hmm. That's where the public people can buy it. And from that moment on, people can start to sell it or buy more. And that's where the price defines itself, right? Mm, okay. based on the offer and demand that's so public the... it's, it's basically just like if you go ipo right? yeah it's exactly the same if i yeah. understood me if i'm wrong but it's yeah yeah but it's not like they own your company but they just own your like coin uh, correct utility yeah. coin yeah so there is okay uh, okay there's a difference between security and um, utility right when you buy a yeah. stock your own a security, mm-hmm. so a part of a company, mm-hmm. right? So you are entitled yeah. uh, to get dividends or whatever of this company. Mm-hmm. When you buy a utility token, you are not owning the company behind the token, um, but you are owning mm-hmm. the token which has a price and a utility. So you can do stuff with this token, and that's why it's very important yeah. for projects to when they have a token, uh, they need to use the mm-hmm. token in their own service right because otherwise for mm. people make no sense to buy this token except for uh, speculation right 
Um, yeah. And there yeah. are tokens which are really great and used uh, to do stuff, which can be whatever, lending money, uh, borrowing money, or mm. I don't know, get mm. get insurance or what whatsoever. Okay. Um, and they okay. were, all went through the same process, let's say. Okay. Since you mentioned that there's a lot of great token out there, so I was going to throw these questions outside. And, uh, Metu already smiling. I think he knows. So apart from Misa coin, which we <laughs> launch at some point, uh, which token you think is the best, like in terms of like utility-wise, that it's like actually like useful, you know? I think okay. There is a product you can uh, have access to through that token, and you can. Uh, do yeah. something through the token yeah i think we, we do have like um easy targets out out there but i just want to get your opinion because a lot of people say like yeah it's solona it's ethereum it's yes that. <laughs> yeah. yeah so there are really a lot of projects i think there are more than fifteen thousand tokens out there yeah <laughs> uh each of them with a utility and a project behind there are really great projects uh which are let's say shaping the the crypto crypto space. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned already some good ones. So you know it's the base of of the crypto market is is, is the protocols, right? So what you mentioned, like Solana, Ethereum, mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin, or whatever. That, these are all layer one protocols. Mm -hmm. Like they literally create the fundamental of of the blockchain. Mm -hmm. And uh, for example, Ethereum which is a blockchain with a token mm -hmm. um, is super used now. Like uh, most of the transactions are done in Ethereum. Most of the D apps, so the, let's say project that run on the Ethereum blockchain, like most mm -hmm. of them are on Ethereum and uh, the most used. Um, and Ethereum is super used, like use Ethereum to, to do almost whatever in DeFi, for example, uh, use the mm. Ethereum to pay gas fees or to do transaction or to get a loan or things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So this is one which is great. It has like a lot of positive aspects, some drawbacks. Uh, like Ethereum now is suffering about uh, scalability issues, for example. So now it's very expensive to do a transaction on Ethereum. Because the system is really congested, mm. and so but now they said that that's going to change with the Ethereum two, right? If yes, they say that since uh, yeah. three years. <laughs> <laughs> they it's say this be, year they will this launch. year is going to be deployed. Yes. Oh, come on, man! I already <laughs> staked some of my Ethereum to Ethereum two. So nice. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's to work. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you have to to, to be patient. <laughs> but yeah, for example, you have to believe, man. there are like now the the trend is uh, yeah. layer two. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard about Polygonmatic. So what yeah. they're doing, they're building a layer on top of Ethereum uh, to, let's say, uh, solve the problem of scalability. Um, their market cap increased a lot over the last year. So they're doing a really nice job. They recently uh, started to think about how to expand on the Ziki Rollups, which is a new way kind mm -hmm. of uh, solving this this, um, this scalability issue. So this is a really great project with a very huge community, uh, with a very big scope aiming to expand Ethereum 
to reach to more than one one billion users. So that's mm. that's their goal. And so these guys are trying to bring blockchain to the next level to be able to be used by one seventh of the world, which is gonna be massive and it's gonna change the let's say financial system probably. Mm. But then there are a lot of others like uh, tokens mm. which are very great. Like there is uh, Chainlink, for example. It's also a, mm. a very good token which basically aim to connect the normal world to the blockchain through oracles. This is another mm -hmm. one. Uh, I don't know. There are other projects like uh, Uniswap, for example. Yeah, SushiSwap. Yes, yeah. all the decentralized all the exchanges mm -hmm. yeah. who aim to, let's say, kill the centralized, ex currently the centralized exchange like Binance mm. or uh, whatever mm. uh, FTX. Coinbase. 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 Uh, yeah. Kraken. I don't know, yeah. whatever you want to name. Which, yeah. Which I think it's a great segue to one of the questions, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, I think you have read the post from Moxie, right? Founder of Signal. Yeah. Yeah, I think he said something like, yeah, okay, it's decentralized, but like it tend to go like steering towards centralized again, right? With all the exchange, Coinbase. And yes. you also mentioned like, yeah, end user, they don't want to, you know, host your own server. So in the end they have to like, it has to host somewhere. So in the end it becomes centralized again. So it's kind yeah. of like loop back to the old days web two. So what, what, what's your take on that? Yeah. So centralized exchanges like Binance, let's take Binance, which is the biggest. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a new way to exchange or trade cryptos. Um, but to be honest with you, it works pretty much as a bank in the end. Mm -hmm. So there is a centralized entity, which is Binance uh, Corporate somewhere in Malta, probably, uh, or I don't know, mm -hmm. owned by, uh, by people, mm -hmm. uh, which can take decisions, use the money as they want. They make revenues. It's literally like a company. It is a company, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so you end up trading decentralized tokens in a centralized way. That's what mm -hmm. a, it's called. Sex, C E X, centralized exchange. That's ah. what that, that's what they can do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and the, the statement statement is right. So we are paradoxically trading decentralized stuff through a centralized platform, uh, which can be shut down at no matter what point. Where government can decide one day to ban from a state, like Apple, mm -hmm. Binance. Like now regulation on decentralized exchanges is increasing a lot. And governments like China, like uh, US, but even Europe are starting mm -hmm. to, to put regulations on it. Like for example, you cannot mm -hmm. trade uh, futures anymore on Binance if you are in Italy or things like that. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what uh, decentralization doesn't want, right? So that, that shouldn't happen in a decentralized world. like. Ideally, no one could ever force to stop something decentralized because that's exactly mm. the definition. Like, for example, Bitcoin, you cannot stop it because it's a decentralized. It's a protocol which runs on servers in the whole world. And uh, mm. before you stop it, you have to stop all the servers in all the world. It's basically like shutting down internet mm. if you want to compare. Mm -hmm. And this is really unlikely that happens. Uh, and as well, the centralized exchange are hackable, right? Because they have their own, uh, it's not a protocol, it's mm -hmm. a service. So they 
they have their own cybersecurity thing. This is exactly like a company and doesn't really fit match mm. well with the decentralized kind of idea of finance. But that's also why the decentralization, like DeFi or like trading on a decentralized exchange, mm. um, if you if you see the volumes traded uh, in twenty twenty one on this on DEXs, our course, mm-hmm. or decentralized exchanges, uh, spiked, increasing a lot, and is mm. expected to keep growing. Um, and so you see a kind of it's called like a market shift transition now between uh, mm. centralized world to decentralized finance, uh, which yeah. is increasing constantly because of many reasons. First of all, people want to want transparency. So why should I go on the Binance or whatever Coinbase where I don't know where the prices are coming, where they can do whatever they want because it's a company. Mm. Uh, mm. Why should I use that? Uh, why, if I'm Italian, why should I not be able to trade futures on Binance while my friends in uh, whatever Thailand can do it? Mm. Um, and so on and so mm. forth. So people are starting to shift the attention to DeFi, um, knowing though that there are simple mm. issues. Uh, first of all, first one is scalability of Ethereum. So most of DeFi is based on Ethereum. But now, if you want to try to do a transaction on Ethereum, you might end up paying twenty dollar by trading thirty dollars, right? So it makes literally no sense for small players to trade on the blockchain directly. So mm. yeah, there is this transition where people want to do that, so want to ship from sex to dex. On the other side, technology is not re- really ready yet, but there are mm. nice projects like Polygon, Matic, for example, mm. trying to solve one of these issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's one part in the article that I, I, I really like, but I'm not sure if it's true. Uh, he said that protocol moves much more slower than the platform. So, in his analogy, it's like email hasn't changed for like 30 years. You know, IRC hasn't changed for 30 years. But once it becomes more centralized, it becomes like a platform. Slack pick it up, WhatsApp pick it up, and then suddenly, you know, all the innovation came out of it um, and and in this analogy a protocol is basically a blockchain protocol yes you know? and he, he and he said okay it's going to move slow because it's a lot of party it's as you said it's like a lot of people in there and you cannot change it dramatically right away mm-hmm. that's why you have to centralize it and then you can start moving faster do you like agree disagree or what's your take on this yeah so um... There are many aspects in a proto- like developing a protocol. Um, mm-hmm. First thing, if you are a DAO, so a decentralized autonomous autonomous organization, uh, where most of the protocols are, uh, it's very difficult to take decisions, right? Because uh, basically, a DAO is basically a thinking as a like a decentralized entity where people own a piece of it by owning tokens, and where each owner are allowed to vote for doing some actions. Let's say <clears throat> I want to change. You the... mean like owning a company, or? Yeah, you don't really own a company per se, but you own you are part of an ecosystem where you can take some decisions based on how much of it you own. For example, uh, let's take Uniswap. Oh, okay. Uniswap is a decentralized exchange where I can swap 
dollars and mm -hmm. per Bitcoin with another person without going through a company, let's say, or a third party. Uniswap is a DAO. That means when you buy some Uni, which is the token of Uniswap, you are part of the DAO. And what you can do by doing that, you can, you have some uh, ownership on the governance of it. So you can participate in the decisions of Uniswap, right? Uh, so Uniswap has a, mm -hmm. the uni, uni forum, governance forum, where all people, whoever you are, developer, marketing, uh, whatsoever, you can propose to do something like, okay, guy, let's, let's change this part of the protocol. Uh, I've, do, I've been doing this since it's open source. Uh, look, it works much better. What do you guys think? And then you say, if we want to keep doing, developing this, we need some funds. Uh, because I need we need to get other people whatsoever, and so you you basically throw a proposal. Uh, this proposal is reviewed by the whole community, like mm -hmm. you owning some uni. You can look at the proposal, and what you can do uh, if the proposal get accepted by by the let's say the moderators of the forum, um, people are asked to come to vote on this proposal. You can vote if you have some uni, some tokens, and your weight mm -hmm. on the vote is based on how much uni you have in comparison to the whole uni mm. community, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can vote there. You say yes, no. Normally it's a binary vote. I like it, I don't like it. And then when this gets to the to a quorum, a certain quorum, um, the proposal starts to be implemented. Money is deployed on this, this idea. Mm. And they develop part of this part of Uniswap. Mm. Um, so that's how a DAO works in a very few words, which is very nice because it's a decentralized way to do stuff and to take mm -hmm. decisions. Uh, the drawback, as you were saying, is it's very difficult and slower to make mm -hmm. things approved because you don't have anyone saying yes or no. It's mm. a conglomeration mm. of, of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and this slow down thing. So that's why most of the projects don't really start as a DAO per se. They normally start mm -hmm. as a centralized project uh, owned by a couple mm -hmm. of uh, founders. And then when the product is well established and it works, normally they decide to mm -hmm. become a DAO and to let people, finally the community, keep developing the product uh, with their ideas. Starting as a DAO mm -hmm. is uh, tricky because it's very difficult First, to have a community mm. who knows exactly where to go, like take the leadership on it, yeah. and then to convince everyone to do something. Imagine mm. you have to convince uh, 50,000 people to do something or like five people to do something. Uh, it's a different process, right? That's why yeah. That's why DAO is yeah. great, but can be slow sometimes. And protocols normally are DAO. Mm. Mm. And, and you said that most most of the project don't start with DAO because of it's really hard to make decision on, right? Yeah, there are some that started as a DAO, um, but I mean, if I can suggest people that want to start a crypto project, uh, maybe it's more successful to start as a centralized product. Mm -hmm. Already saying, of course, that in the future when uh, some checkpoints are reached, mm -hmm. it's going to be a DAO. Uh, but start as a DAO is a, already is very difficult to start as a centralized uh, product. I don't want to mm -hmm. imagine what means start as a DAO. It's um, tricky.
It's, I mean, to me, it sounds a lot like old economy somehow. If if I can, I don't know, if I can oversimplify it, it sounds like okay. It's like you start a company, you start with a few people, and then you own the whole thing, and then you maybe you get some investor, mm-hmm. you get like another parties to decide in your company, and then you grow up more, you put it public, and then millions of people can buy your shares and you know sway your decision. Yeah, but it's just now it's like using crypto as a instrument in terms of you know moving forward, right? Yeah, definitely. So, but this this goes down goes down in the end on the whole concept of uh, Web three. So maybe I can speak mm-hmm. a few words about that. So um, you mm-hmm. know we are now in the Web three era. Three means that before there was one and two, of course. So uh, when the internet was born, Web one, basically everyone could publish stuff on the internet. So to say, so you can mm-hmm. you could do a static page, create your own blog, things like that. So share a bit of info. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the internet evolved. Google and Facebook, uh, let's say, came. Uh, so this big, very big corporation with a lot of power, but enabled people to uh, share their own things on platform, do do stuff with the data they shared, or like uh, you know start to like other things, comment, you know, they, they made the web interactive. Um, but now it's the, the moment of Web3. Um, what is the main mm-hmm. issue now? The big big companies as Google, uh, whatever, uh, Facebook or, I don't know, Instagram, what they do, you can do things on a centralized fashion. So they decide what to do with your data. They decide the rules. They can mm-hmm. change uh, the platform when they want, they can ban you or things like that. And that's what people are starting not to like anymore. So they want the, mm-hmm. the power to be given back to them, basically. And that's why Web3 is, is, is like growing up and uh, evolving fast, which is the, it's called the Internet of Value. <clears throat> and it's mm-hmm. an internet basically where, um, say, ownership and power are redistributed back to the people itself, so it's not Google anymore ruling uh, the internet, but the mm-hmm. idea of the future is the, the people itself own the internet or all, all the platform which are on the internet where people can use. Um, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's the concept of DAO in the end, right? So it's not a, a centralized mm-hmm. Google anymore mm-hmm. in the future, it's gonna be probably a, a mm-hmm. DAO Google, which is basically owned by the, all the people. Uh, where people can take decisions, mm-hmm. can vote, can use that money for doing things mm-hmm. uh, in a very transparent way, secure way. Everything should be tracked on the blockchain. Mm. People can review that. Uh, there is a protocol, maybe taking, doing contracts between between parties, um, like uh, using smart contracts on Ethereum and things like that. So uh, yeah, now it's uh, just a very new concept, just born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to me, it could be the future mm-hmm. of the of the web. Okay, I have questions. Uh, Matthew, feel free to jump in if you have anything. Yeah, I've been quiet. Kind of like, I mean, um, I also might have a couple of questions, uh, okay. especially on uh, the importance of finding out about the community and really <clears throat> getting to know better the the projects. Mm-hmm. So my the question per se is. 
I find the whole space very interesting. And as you said, Chino, uh, the communities are very active. Uh, they can put a lot of, of their heart in a project and participate. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, from, from the consumer perspective, I, I think that it still has a very high, a relatively high entry barrier in terms of how much you need to learn for being more participative in the in the entire ecosystem. So mm -hmm. let's say in the case of, uh, you mentioned Uniswap before. Uh, yep. I was aware of Uniswap being a decentralized uh, exchange. I was aware of their token, uh, but if uh, at the first glance, I wouldn't have been able to say, ah, oh, with this token, I can also take decisions and I can, I need to go in that specific, in that specific forum for uh, taking those decisions. So mm -hmm. I, I wonder whether we are, whether Web3 is for everyone, as in everyone, truly everyone can participate and have a easy time getting involved yes in the project. <laughs> no, yeah of course i see your point so take in mind keep in mind uh uniswap is born three years ago something like that two mm -hmm. years ago three years ago defy in 2018 wasn't even there right um mm -hmm. that means it's like you know when internet was born basically keep imagining like that mm -hmm. uh like who was using it at three years after internet was born? Probably no one, right? Because um, it was new, it was difficult, no idea. Oh my God, what is a URL? What should I do? Uh, it's a code, no idea. It's basically the same in my opinion. Um, a bit more evolved now, like Uniswap, if you click on the Uniswap site, uh, it's already a bit like user-friendly. There are some uh, nice cards, big numbers. Uh, you can put some uh, some some tokens. You have a lot of colors, things like that. Mm. But still, yes, like Uniswap behind is really complex. How they do it technically? Because we they use some uh, liquidity pools. They use new way of doing market making. It's called AMM. Uh, there is an entire protocol bit on top of Ethereum. So it's uh, really complex. They try to make it simple with some uh, nice colors and cards. Uh, but I agree with you. So for me, it's, this is just the real, the, really the, the beginning. There is still a lot to do uh, for end users to make this, mm. let's say, be usable by non-experts or like people who simply do not care, just want to pay uh, mm. the bill with cryptos. Yeah. But there yeah. are nice, like there are nice products coming out. Like, uh, for example, you can now have a Binance card, which is literally a credit card. Uh, where you can go mm. to buy grocery, to do some grocery uh, with this card. You go to the to the cash machine, you pay, you swap, you like swipe the card, and a transaction goes out in euros, but actually you're using your own token dollars in Binance, for example. Mm. Mm. Or like a similar, you can do it with Nexo, with other, other nice projects. And so, yeah, the world of the apps in the end, so like, you know, they created this nice uh, layer one mm. blockchain, which is the core of, uh, of crypto. Then layer twos have been built on top, like a DEX, you can call it, it's a layer two. And now it's coming the world of the layer three, right? So the final application from the users uh, who don't, re don't really care what's 
behind the scenes just want to do a transaction. Um, yeah, for example, Miser is a layer three, right? So it's a way mm. uh, users can trade um, with using like some social trading tools, a bit like eToro if you want, or if you want to mm. create your own bots uh, and maybe just trade on Uniswap through a bot, right? So mm. in between there are like a lot of steps, right? But final user just looks some uh, average, moving average and nice functions. Mm. Uh, you can you, yeah. you will be able to do that. So that's a way um, this industry bring blockchain to the people. But yeah, it's still, still really at the beginning. Uh, but I'm pretty convinced that uh, in five years, uh, that would be like now using Facebook, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of with you actually. It's like, it's like when you ask me like, okay, will my mom like download MetaMask and then set up the wallet mm -hmm. and then like yeah. lock in with MetaMask wallet? I don't, I don't see that, right? Like, yes, um, but then you ask yourself like ten years ago when when I just introduced internet to my mom and my dad, they also like don't understand it much, right? And I think like once like what will make technology in the end adopted by like wide consumer it, that product has to hide like all the complexity you know yes. like internet now you don't really think about it anymore right if you ask many people they don't even know how internet works but they know what they can get out of it right they, they know that they can like get news talk to people mm -hmm. connect to other people and so on um so i think and that, that's one thing I want to ask you next about all of these things, you know, DAO, DeFi, crypto, because when I'm trying to do some research, it's still really like focus a lot on the technology side and on the, um, how do you say it, on the political side, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like, it's not like, it's not really focused on the usability side or it's like, what are, what's the real benefit, right? Because when, when whenever I ask people, like, what's the real benefit, like, and end user benefit, they always say like, yeah, you own your own thing, you own your own data, uh, Facebook own your data and they can delete your account anytime, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I ask myself like, how many people actually care enough about this? You know, that's, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. For sure Donald Trump cared. Of, <laughs> of being Donald, from Twitter, yeah, well, so. when you are Donald Trump, yes, you care. Donald right? Trump and, uh, and Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge Analytica care a lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> but people with like, I don't know, 300 followers like me, I don't know. I don't know if they care enough to delete my account. I mean, would you care if you go on Facebook? Like, let's say you have two options. You can use Facebook, where Facebook mm -hmm. own your own data and sell it to Adidas, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can use the Facebook, where you own your own data, and when Adidas use your own data, pay you, right? Mm, what would you choose? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you phrase it like that, obviously I choose the second <laughs> one, right? <laughs> or like, like let's say, let's keep Spotify. If you're an artist, yeah. would you use Spotify, mm -hmm. where you get a really tiny bit? Um, if you, mm -hmm. let's say, people listen to you based on your views and then they have their own metrics, yeah. you never know how much, yeah. how many views you have. Or will you use the Spotify <coughs> where you can literally mm -hmm. track uh, Mathieu listening to you how much mm -hmm. and Mathieu is paying uh, per each second a tiny bit and you can track it. And uh, there is no fee yeah. in between, so Spotify yeah. doesn't get anything. Like, what, do you, what would you choose? Uh, but... I can yeah. do tons of uh, other examples, like 
Would you go to a yeah. bank to get a loan and pay, uh, I don't know, 3% of the loan uh, with all the mm -hmm. hustle of uh, documentation, bureaucracy, time, blah, blah, blah? Or would you go on Aave, get a loan with a tiny uh, interest rate in one sec mm -hmm. with a click? Mm -hmm. The only thing is Actually, just... Regarding the second... Yeah. Sorry, Mark, for interrupting. I mean, uh, specifically this in this example, I was wondering, like, when it comes to DeFi and when it comes to getting a loan uh, using some specific protocol, mm -hmm. uh, how is the lender uh, entitled to get back the money? And, uh, <laughs> I mean, what are the guarantees for, for the lender? Yes. Are you asking for the like something where you can like just get free money? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm planning on uh, you know asking for uh, a asking for a loan and then here. escape to Mexico or something. No, <laughs> yeah, I was just curious to know how it works. Yeah. So how Aave works? So all DeFi spins around the concept of liquidity pools. Imagine liquidity pools as a pool full of cash, right? From people who put it there. Which is locked into a smart contract, so on the on the blockchain, let's say, in very few words. Um, so in Aave, which is a lending uh, service on blockchain, which is a very great product, by the way, um, let people um, get money, so lend or borrow money peer to peer, right, without any third entity, which can be a bank or whatever fund. And how this works, you basically, you can, if you want to lend some money, you can put your money into a pool, into a Aave pool. Um, so you lock your money under a smart contract. And then on the other side, people can borrow uh, this money from you. So now the question is, okay, what, why the hell should I, first of all, lend money to people I don't know? And, that, and then what, what is the guarantee and what can I get? back um, so in crypto they are developing this concept of uh, social proofing like how to prove that you are a good guy or a good girl which is still under development there are many ideas uh, around that uh, but essentially like how can we substitute a bank checking your salary your identity uh, university or what you do can you pay back blah blah, blah. Um, so this concept is under development now. Have how we solve that is by um, if you want to get a loan, you need to give a, a to collateralize part of your assets, right? Uh, so for now it's not for free, of course. If you want to get a loan on Ave, you have to go there. You have to have some uh, some money already. Like I don't know, you want to withdraw to get to borrow ten thousand dollars in Ave, you have to give <coughs> to to hold at least more than $10,000 and to put them into a kind of locking contract, uh, which is the collat your collateral collateralization, which enables you to mm. borrow more, mo more money. For example, you want to borrow $10,000 in Aave for now, you need to have at least already $10,000 uh, to get it. Right? And now the question is, for mm. example, why the hell should I borrow $10,000 if I already have $10,000 and I have to lock them? somewhere right mm. so can i not just use this ten thousand dollars true good question but let's say you have some ethereum and you want to keep it there and stake it somewhere right or whatever mm. you want to do 
you believe the price will go up, uh, but you need $10,000, you say, okay, either I sell my $10,000, right? But I lose the opportunity to uh, grow these assets. Or what you can do, you can just go on Aave, stake so this $10,000 in Ethereum, let it there, and you can get on top of it $10,000 of uh, USDT, right? So at the mm. end of the day, you own $10,000 in Ethereum, $10,000 in USDT, which you can pay, mm. and which at some point you have to give it back. If for any any reason you cannot give it back, or like if mm. if the Ethereum price drop yeah. dramatically, then unfortunately you start to get liquidated, it's called. So mm. your amount of Ethereum start to get uh, reduced and reduced and reduced, right? Mm. Uh, until you get to zero. Um, so Aave is, let's say, already super used. Uh, I don't know how many billions are uh, staked in Aave currently, so people mm -hmm. love it. It's still very limited service because you cannot just borrow more money, just the same amount of money you already have. Right? Mm -hmm. um, but what they are developing is this kind of social proof concept, uh, a way to reduce this collateral, like, over collateralization, collateralization mm -hmm. that you have to do on Ave and to get yeah. other parameters to be able to enable people to borrow money from other yeah. still certifying they're able to give it back somehow at some point. Yeah. That's actually genius actually thinking about it. It's like it's actually just like how all the billionaires borrow against their stock, if you know what yeah. I mean. It's like yeah, it's like Elon Musk borrow like five hundred million against Tesla stock. Yes, you can do that. And, yeah, <laughs> but like if you want to, let's say you you really love Ethereum, you want to invest in Ethereum, you have only ten thousand dollar. One thing yeah. you could do, you just go on Ave, uh, you 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 stake ten thousand dollar of Ethereum, you get other ten thousand mm -hmm. dollar of Ethereum, and it's like you're leveraging, mm -hmm. like you're investing twice the amount yeah. you have. That's also yeah. something yeah. you could do, for example. But many other applications okay, yeah. and. On the other side, if you have enough capital and uh, you want to get an interest out of it, you can become a lender mm. of uh, Aave. So you can put your money mm. into a pool and you can get some nice uh, nice interest back, APR is called, uh, to get a, like, a passive income out of it. Right? So you, you don't mm. have to invest by stocks, by cryptos. You can just plug your dollars into Aave pools and you get paid uh, based on some uh, metrics and interest mm. rates to lend your money to mm. others, which is a very nice concept. It's like a decentralized way of uh, doing loans. Instead of going to a bank and pay interest to mm. a bank, you just go to a pool mm. and you pay interest to a person. And I suppose it's cheaper for the borrower, right? This it depends right. where you compare to what you compare, but yeah. I mean, okay. the APRs are very good if you, are, if you want to lend, uh, if you mm. want to borrow it's still expensive because you're still uh, using your service and getting money, yeah. risking money of others right, for your own benefits. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the market there as well, as, let's say, sets itself based on the demand and, and offer. Mm. Mm. Okay, nice. Uh, I'm just looking at, at the time. So, you know, uh, how long do you have or when do you have to go? What time is it? Uh, yeah, we can still talk 10, 10 minutes. I have it. Okay, perfect. Nice. Perfect. Um, Matthew, you want to go next or I go no, next? No, go on, Pungo. <laughs> okay, so I want to touch uh, on NFTs a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know I didn't put it on the list of questions, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm, I have to ambush you. 
Um, oh my God. <laughs> so I... I Again, uh, from the Moxie post, right? And he he talked about NFT. When I heard the first time the concept about about NFT, yes, I thought that you actually put uh, the image, the the, the artwork yes. on the blockchain. But then I realized, okay, it's not actually the work itself. It's actually a, a pointer to you know to the server, mm -hmm. the server that other people host, and so on. Um, if that's the case, and I know that there's a thing called how's it called NFT, FSFT, something, and it's also like a decentralized Fi, like with the Fi coin thing. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But in terms of like decentralized art or like limited things that you know that so that you can sell as an NFT, like what, like what, what's your take on this? Like, is it like because right now? From most of the people I see who like buy, you know, buy NFT, they basically buy most likely because either they are like very rich and they, they mm -hmm. have like 200,000 to spare or play around with, or they, again, speculative assets yeah. in that sense, you know, and what's, what, what's the end game of this? What do you think? Is it like a, a bubble that it's going to burst and it's correct itself or you think it's still like mm -hmm. starting? Yeah, so NFT, I'm not really too much in NFTs, but uh, of course, mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people really into that. So mm -hmm. I can I can still say something. Yeah, so NFT, mm -hmm. uh, it's a very nice concept of ownership of assets which are unique, say. Um, mm -hmm. So the cool concept of this non-fungible non token what is the difference between NFT and a Bitcoin, for example? Uh, I can swap Bitcoin for another Bitcoin, and I still have the same, like, the same Bitcoin in the end, right? I don't, I don't care if it's yours or mine; it's just a Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but when I own an NFT, the NFT is only mine, right? So if I swap my NFT with yours, uh, I'm not getting back the same thing right? mm. because. It's like you having uh, something with, a, with without in, an identity. Right? It's mm. the same saying. Okay, I have a car, which I bought, which is mine. Mm -hmm. So it's written now. It's it's in my stuff, and you have your own car, right? Uh, and this is personal, mm -hmm. right? So it's the same concept, but like in a digitalized way. So when I own an NFT, it's really mine, and it's written now in the blockchain. So that's a genius part of of it. Now you can say, okay, that doesn't make sense because it's a it's a drawing. JPEG. Yeah. yeah, it's a drawing, and I can see the same <laughs> shape, same shit. I can I can right click and save on my computer. Yeah, but when uh, when I park my car next to yours, you can see it, right? You can see, still see my car, but mm -hmm. it's mine. Well, but you have the key to the car. You have you have the contract of the right. NFT. It's the same. It's yours. It's in the blockchain. Mm, okay. You are the only one being able to 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 have this in your wallet. Yeah, you cannot have it. Mm. So it's exactly yeah. as having the keys. And this is born yeah. for art, uh, but it's gonna be extended every in every kind of imaginable assets, like music, for example, or whatever. Mm. Uh, and for me, the final goal of NFT, which is something I'm not sure about. If it's good or bad, but it's the concept of metaverse, right? So uh, you yeah. might you might have read uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, uh, how he <laughs> wants to create a new digital uh, parallel world, 
or universe but in the end yeah. that's gonna be populated by nfts so you will be able to own things in a digital world mm-hmm. um, you be, will be able to sell things in a digital world with digital assets which mm-hmm. in the end are usable either in your own life or in this this world um, which is a nice idea which might be dangerous if, if not handled well um, mm-hmm. I was looking at a couple of days ago uh, you know Black Mirror, right? Yes, uh, yes. you mean the, the, the TV show. Yes, <laughs> I was <Yeah. laughs> I was looking at it. You know, there is a, a one seri- one uh, episode where there are these old people um, driving a bike to produce electricity, and uh, uh, yeah, and they own some some money by doing that, and then <laughs> yeah, and what 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 these people can do with this money is to buy like fake hats like to create their own avatar and do things uh yeah. and they live for that that's basically how our metaverse yeah. like uh could work yeah, in the bad way yeah we actually had a, a metaverse episode i think like two three episodes ago ah, right? so you guys are experts mm-hmm. yeah no no but like i kind of say it. i kind of say i kind of say like yeah i mean if that's the future i, I don't want that's the future that i don't want to live in you know yeah that, that everything dangerous. become more virtual i i got it like i to the point, right? I mean, of course, I used to play World of Warcraft. I used to, you know, like have a great item and I'm proud of it, right? But like, I don't see that if you're all into Metaverse, that's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm like old school at, at, uh, when it comes yeah. to this, but it's a bit too much for me. But you, but um, if you look at it from an external point of view, in, in the end, it comes down to concept of having like, um, it's like, like a concept of property, right? So yeah. why is yeah. why is it this so different from you to own like a car in the real world or a car in the fake world? Yeah, Again. yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, that's I think true. it's just. I mean, I'm just I'm, yeah, yeah Sorry, I think um, um, I guess that we are all more acquainted to the concept of identity, as in uh, the way we are. We perceive ourselves and the belongings we have in real life, and that's why yeah. we just if we justify the purchase of a car in the real world because we can make yeah. uh, like a real life experience. We can have a real life experience with the car uh, yeah. while uh, purchasing a car. I don't know. Let's imagine Forza Horizon or Gran Turismo will let you purchase cars. Of course, uh, they in will. The metaverse, whatever. <laughs> that would be like limited to the digital world and. Despite over the years recently, like the concept of digital identity became more and more important. I guess still again, like the average consumer doesn't see the point of uh, investing money. Owning a JPEG or PNG. Yeah. Not yet. Because when when virtual reality will become the, the, will get to the next level, maybe there is no difference by driving a Ferrari in just the street or in the digital world. And there... That'd be cool. There you can have uh, people saying actually it's the same. Know. I don't know, man. I, I hope I die before. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, sure. To be honest. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. I mean, like if 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 it's like super high definition and I can feel the touch, I can smell, I can, you know, like let's say it's like, like, no difference, yeah. Yeah, it's like as if it's in real life, then I can see that that could work, you know. 
yeah. in that sense. But if it's like still like if you still like deep down inside, you know that it is fake. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm too realist when it's come to this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with this talk, I kind of like buy in more into crypto, DeFi, DAO in general. I might go out and buy more Ethereum. <laughs> but I have one last question. Yes. For you. Uh, I don't know if Matthew have another question also, but it's my last no, question for me. Uh, you are just um, the entire episode, so I don't see why. <laughs> oh, no, no. oh, no. Oh, no. Don't be jealous. No, okay. no Matthew. Okay, come on. Okay. I, I, I can leave it to you, the last no, question. No, no, no. I really don't have a last question. <laughs> okay. Or I can, um, I, I can ask a last question, guys. Fantastic. You, okay, you can ask. Finally. Um, are you serious or is it a joke? No, it's serious. Ah, yeah. Okay, go for it. Why do you guys want to talk about cryptos in your in your episode? What do you feel about it? Because I asked Mathieu what is DAO and what is DeFi and asked him I, I forced him to explain uh, in a layman's term yeah. and he cannot do it. And, and he, uh, yeah. he freaked out and he said, Okay, next episode I will invite one <laughs> of my friends. <laughs> That's the idea, yeah. I guess that I mean uh in general, when when we uh, when we are recording these conversations, we are always talking about the news of the week, let's say, and uh, we are kind of capable of wrapping our heads around uh, stocks stuff and uh, you know corporate events and PR uh, press releases and so on. But we are always we were always lacking the the ability of describing what was happening in the crypto space and uh, the ability of describing giving a simple definition of uh, relatively simple and common stuff like as you said DAO tokens and uh, DeFi mm-hmm. yeah. and that's when you came to the rescue Chino this is great yeah, and, and yeah and I think when you like give an example that you say like you know make the case of like Spotify or like your Facebook and instead of Adidas pay Facebook Adidas pay you because you are the one who like give them information blah, blah blah that's kind of like okay it's kind of okay it's resonate me you know like okay what if I have Facebook and I even get paid if I use more of them and so on yeah but I'm just like a bit skeptical in terms of like how long does it take to get there mm-hmm. you know yeah definitely because it's not only have to work like in the facebook case it's not only have to work it has to beat facebook right it has to you know my, all my friends has to be there in order to use it right for example yeah but maybe it's not beat facebook maybe it's just a transformation right oh you mean maybe facebook changed their whole thing to become decentralized i mean they or just they just changed the, their name to metaverse a couple of uh, days ago so mm-hmm. weeks ago, so they are getting to there, right? They have to survive as well and to, mm. to keep changing. So the thing that Mark Zuckerberg wants to deploy, I don't know, uh, 10 billions in de- developing mm. the metaverse, which is fundamentally based on blockchain in the end and virtual reality, uh, mm. means that's uh, the direction. Like, like if he does it, probably there is a reason. But then he will release Zuckerberg coin, and then he will own sixty percent of it. He wanted to release the Libra coin, the rest... I remember, a couple of years ago. Ah, uh, yeah, Libra. Libra, yeah. sorry, well, didn't, didn't, didn't go well. Didn't go well. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah, <laughs> didn't fit well in the decentralization kind of approach. No, but then it's going to become centralized again because then it means Facebook owned the whole thing again. Yeah, it? that's a word. We have to ah, okay. we have to fight against that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I bet on uh, Misa AI coin. 
let's uh, let's see how far we go. But uh, for now, I'm pretty excited about uh, what we're doing, and um, let's see how people what people will think about it. Yes. So you're two weeks yeah. away from launch. Or from, uh, I cannot release any 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 announcement or oh, okay, news, okay. but it's gonna come soon. Yes. Nice man, uh, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan, a big believer. Sign me up. Nice guys, thanks, yeah. thanks for for the support. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> okay, closing statement, uh, Meteo. Sorry for hijack the whole session. There is no closing statement. I guess that the closing <laughs> statement could be uh, this is not a financial advice. Uh, oh, thanks. Uh, the yes, conversation has been done only for entertainment purpose only and uh, uh, we are but not professional investors. Yeah. Do not buy the deep no. and guys stay safe at home. Exactly. Stay safe at home as in stuck at home until you since you cannot leave <laughs> like poor Chino here and poor me a couple of weeks back. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope I personally enjoyed the conversation and I thank you a lot, Chino, for joining. Uh, you you could answer to those all those questions we were ignorant about. And uh, looking forward to hear more about um, Mizar overall yeah. and maybe have you back here for uh, other conversations on the follow up in the crypto space. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the invitation, guys. Well, also nice to to talk to you guys. And of course, whenever you want to do the chapter number two on crypto, I'm very happy to come back. Oh, that that binding, eh? what you said. Oh my God, that's not a financial advice. Not even <laughs> any, any, it will be out there. Everybody will any be statement. It's now a contract, contract now. what you said. So. <laughs> it's a part of the blockchain now. <laughs> All right. But thanks a lot, man. Thanks, guys. Really, and uh, really have a great yeah. evening. And uh, see you soon. See you soon. See you.